0: Would you pray with me? Jesus, we have been singing to you. We've been singing about you, remembering why it is that you came. We've been reminded from the prophet Isaiah that it's not just a sweet feel good story, but it is a story of rescue. (laughs) It is a story of redemption. It is a story of salvation. And it is a story of restoration. Jesus, as we come now to just reflect for a few minutes on bringing this all together, tying this all together, and, and as the angels did, proclaiming the good news of your birth, would you help us to understand, and would you bear fruit in our lives, whatever that looks like. Thank you for your word that was just read that... As your word goes forth, it will not return empty, but it will bear fruit. It will accomplish that for which you sent it out. And so, Lord, I pray that you would do that now through the proclamation of your word, the preaching of your word. In Jesus' name, amen. I just wanted to take a few moments to try to tie everything together. Um, the, The lessons in Carol's service, the tradition goes back to a church in England, as I um, have been told that the, the goal is to walk through the story of Scripture and tell the story of why Jesus came, um, kind of create that longing, that need for His coming, but then worship Him for His arrival, for His advent, but then also anticipate His return. And so the story of Christmas and the whole purpose of a service like Lessons and Carols is to to tell the story of Scripture. That's why you've seen that some of our Scripture readings have come out of Revelation. It's, it's, It's meant to kind of carry you through the Old Testament all the way through the New Testament and looking forward to His return. And so... As we think about that, and as we reflect on what Christmas is really about, I wanted to read for you Philippians chapter 2, verses 5 through 11. It says this Have this mind among yourselves, which is yours in Christ Jesus, who though he was in the form of God, did not count equality with God a thing to be grasped, but he emptied himself by taking the form of a servant, being born in the likeness of men. To the glory of God the Father. This is the story of Christmas. Not one of the most popular passages to go to around this time, but this tells us who Jesus is, what took place in his arrival, in his advent, and where he is now waiting for his return. So let me just walk through that with you. First of all, it says that he was in the form of God. He was equal with God. He did not count equality with God, a thing to be grasped, a thing to be held on to tightly. But he emptied himself, taking on the form of a servant. So this is the son of God, God himself, as John says, he is the word in the beginning with God and is God. And the word became flesh and dwelt among us. And we have beheld his glory So this one, this son of God who's equal with God, who is God himself, takes the form of a servant. How did he do that? By taking on human form, by becoming human. If you recall from our sermon series, we've been looking at Jesus as king. And when we reflected on the fact that he was the son of Adam, what that means is he was the perfect human being, the one who came back into human form with perfection and he did that to represent humans. He had to be human. So now we have a God who is fully God, who has taken on full humanity, fully God and fully man. Humbled himself, but not just taking on the form of a human. This God who takes on our nature takes the lowest state of humanity, a servant, one who works in, in, with carpentry, with masonry, one in the, in the labor field, one who is poor. We know he was poor because after he is born, Mary and Joseph take him to the temple and they offer a sacrifice. If you remember from Luke 2, they meet this guy named Simeon. Simeon is a priest in the temple and they come to him and it says they bring with them two turtle doves. Well, if you know from the Old Testament, what you know is that's the offer that the poor people brought. So Jesus was born into a human family and a poor human family at that. Blue-collar workers. That's Jesus taking on the form of a servant. But it didn't even end there. He lowered himself even further by becoming obedient to the point of death, even death on a cross. Death by crucifixion. People who have studied the history of Torture and death, it's it's a really grim um, uh, historical study. But people have done studies on this. They've looked throughout history at all the different stages of torture and death. And many have said the the form of torture and death, of crucifixion, is the worst that was ever invented in history. And Galatians 4 tells us at just the right time, Jesus was born of a woman, born under the law. In other words, God planned and intended the exact moment jesus would be born and he was born under roman rule during a time when the worst form of physical punishment had been invented and he was nailed to that cross but what took place on that cross the physical suffering that jesus suffered was not the worst thing that happened to him that day It was actually bearing the weight and guilt and punishment and wrath of sin for all of his people. Feeling the distance of his father who he had been united with for all eternity. Feeling forsaken so that we would never be forsaken. And Jesus willingly, obediently suffered to the point of death, even death on a cross. But it didn't end there. Because God, it says, highly exalted him. He was raised from the dead. He's now seated on the throne. He highly exalted him and gave him the name that is above every name. That at the name of Jesus, every knee should bow in heaven and on earth and under the earth. And every tongue confess that Jesus Christ is Lord. Now, a lot of people read that part of that passage and they think of this being a future fulfillment, which it is. That one day every knee will bow, and every tongue will confess that Jesus Christ is Lord. And that's true. We see that at the end of Revelation. That even his enemies will acknowledge him as Lord. But this verb form, if you were to study that, and in this translation, it does translate it in this way. It says, every knee should bow. And that's exactly what it means. It means right now, Jesus is worthy of worship. Right now, every knee, every tongue in heaven and on earth and under the earth is obligated to worship Christ as Lord because God has highly exalted him. And this is the story of Christmas. Now, the last thing about that story is that Jesus is coming back. We studied that a couple weeks ago. This Jesus, this king is coming back. And when he comes back... Revelation tells us he's going to put an end to all that the devil has caused through brokenness and sin. How many of you have been reading the John Piper devotion? Anybody been reading through that, that we handed out? In there, he pointed out a verse from 1 John chapter 3. If you were reading, I believe this was yesterday's says whoever makes a practice of sinning is of the devil for the devil has been sinning from the beginning the reason the son of god appeared so the reason jesus came the reason jesus was born the reason he appeared on earth was to destroy the works of the devil and that's what he's doing That's what he has been doing for 2,000 years. That's what he is continuing to do. And that is what he will one day return to do in all finality. Jesus will destroy the works of the devil. He did that nailing our sins to the cross. He did that in his resurrection. Conquering death. Taking away the sting of death. But he's doing that in the lives of believers today. That as you come to him in repentance and faith. He breaks the bonds of sin in your life. He sets you free from the power of sin and the penalty of sin. He's taken the wrath of God for you, and he's given you his Holy Spirit to enable you to fight the sin in your life. And one day he's going to return and there will be no more sin, no more brokenness, no more works of the devil at all. Who's looking forward to that day? Who knows enough about their life today, the sin in your own life that you wish was not there, the brokenness of the world because of the result of sin generally, and the sins that people have done to you? If you're aware of those things, how could you not long for Jesus' return? Come, Lord Jesus, come. Come. And he will come, and his promise is, when I come, I will make all things new. I will wipe away every tear from every eye. There will be no more pain, no more sadness, no more crying. Behold, I am making all things new. For Christmas um, each year, my parents ask us uh, what we would like. The adults, they ask what we would like. And this past year, they put a disclaimer. They said, no clothes and ask for something that you think you want, but that you know you'll never buy for yourself. And so I was really stuck, and I didn't know what to buy. And actually, what happened was one day after that email came, a Facebook ad popped up. And I was like, oh, that looks pretty cool. Um, So I sent a link to it. And what I got for Christmas this year was a chirp wheel. Anybody heard of that, chirp wheel? So this is like a PVC type wheel with cushioning rubber. And what you do is you lay down and you can roll your back on this thing. It's supposed to stretch your back out and it cracks your back for you. And it's awesome. It works. It's great. Um, I used it again last night after wrapping presents. My back was stiff. I was like, I'm going to go chirp. And so I got my chirp wheel out and, a ro- and, and my back cracked. It was awesome. I've been stuck with a sore back for like three years. Nobody can crack my back, and this thing cracked my back for me. So that's awesome. Along with that, I sent the link for that, and I guess my mom was like, it doesn't cost enough. Is there anything else you want? Um, and I was like, no, I'm really okay. Well, she sent me a link for this massage, deep tissue massage gun. She's like, how about this? I was like, sure. Um, so she sent me that. And then I use that and I'm like, "Wow, this is amazing," right? So I'm massaging out the muscles, it feels good. I'm popping my back, it feels great. All this relief, right? Now, why do I need that? Why does any of us need that? Because of sin. There is there's no such thing as sore joints and sore muscles in heaven. No such thing as addiction in heaven. No such thing as sickness or cancer. He's making all things new. And when he comes back, he's going to put an end to all of that. This Jesus who was born, who came to destroy the works of the devil is coming back. And if you put your faith in him, if you trust him as your savior you acknowledge that you're a sinner in need of Him, you, you actively engage in the war against sin, repenting, confessing, believing that Jesus' righteousness covers you, then you can look forward to that day when there will be no more pain, no more sadness, no more tears, no more sickness, no more death, no more soreness, He is coming to make all things new. And that is good news. Would you pray with me? Jesus, thank you for the good news of Christmas, for the joy that is before us if we believe. Thank you that through your birth and through your life and through your death and through your resurrection and through your return, that you are making all things new. You are putting an end to the works of the devil. Putting, away t- putting an end to the ways of sin in our lives and in the world. And you're coming back. We look forward to that day. Come, Lord Jesus, come. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen.